You're listening to Comedy Central. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Today is Thursday, the 22nd of October, which means if you live in Arizona or Nebraska, tomorrow is your last chance to register to vote in this election. So please, people, go to votevotevote.com and register before it's too late. And don't tell me you're too busy. It's 2020. Nobody's too busy. We live in sweatpants now. Anyway, coming up on tonight's episode, NASA stalks an asteroid, Desi Lydic Fox explains the Hunter Biden emails, and we begin an epic countdown of the top 100 scandals of Donald Trump's first term. So let's do this, people. Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is the Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah. Ears edition. Let's kick things off with Donald Jellybean Trump. For days, he has been complaining about an interview that he taped with 60 Minutes, saying that they were so mean and so unfair to him. Now, the interview is supposed to be on TV this Sunday, but this morning, out of nowhere, Trump posted his own unedited video of the interview. And I don't know what he was hoping to prove, but just from the very beginning, guys, I don't think it shows what he thinks it does. Are you ready for some tough questions? You're gonna be fair. Are you ju- I'm gonna be fair? Just be fair. But last time, I remember you saying to me, bring it on, bring it on. No, no I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for fairness. That's all. You're gonna get fairness. Yeah. But you're okay with some tough questions. No, I'm not. You're not okay with tough questions. Well, I'm gonna be fair. You, you don't ask Biden tough questions. <laughs> Are you ready for some tough questions? No. Nobody is supposed to answer no to the question, are you ready for some tough questions? You don't answer no to that. It's like at a concert when they go, are you ready to rock? No one in the crowd is like, no thanks, Mr. Bon Jovi. Only Donald Trump would think that he could choose the level of difficulty of his interview questions. Like he thinks it's like picking the spiciness of his Chinese food. Let me get those questions extra mild, please. I don't want anything that can make me sweat. I mean, think about it. Almost a quarter million Americans have died from COVID-19 under his watch. What was he expecting from this interview? Mr. President, a pandemic has ravaged the country. Millions are still out of work. So my question is, Coke or Pepsi? And what blows my mind more than anything is that Trump posted this video thinking that it somehow makes him look good. It's like making your Tinder profile a photo of you crying in the shower. (laughs) Hey, ladies. (laughs) But you know what? Maybe Trump is just really stressed with the looming election coming up. And he's not the only one. I mean, we could all use some good news these days. So let's get some good news in our ongoing segment, Array of Sunshine. Our first ray of sunshine comes from the Pope. God's emergency contact. For centuries, the Catholic Church has stood firm against the idea of gay couples. But now, Pope Francis has decided to handle this issue with will and grace. We have some breaking news now just in on a major new shift from Pope Francis. Just in the last little bit here, for the first time, he is now endorsing same-sex civil unions. This happened during a documentary that premiered today during Rome's film festival, according to the Catholic News Agency. It's reporting he talked about same-sex couples' rights to be a family and said they are children of God. Pope Francis 
the greatest pope of all time! Well, second best, technically, because it's Olivia Pope, number one, and then Francis. But it's close. It's close. Once again, the pope coming up and going up against the establishment, taking a progressive stance for the church. I love this guy. And I think I know what happened here. Just like the rest of us, the pope has been quarantined at home, binging every season of Queer Eye. Did you see what Jonathan did with that guy's hair? Oh, now that's a miracle. Now, obviously, uh, there are some people who are not happy with the Pope's announcement because they insist that gay unions undermine the sanctity of marriage. But guys, let's be real. Every marriage undermines the sanctity of marriage. Half of all marriages end in divorce. The president has had, what, three wives? Your dad is probably having an affair right now. I mean, this has never been about sanctity. It's been about homophobia. You know what I really think is happening here? The real reason straight people don't want gay people to get married is because they just don't want gay people to have it all. Yeah, think about it. Gay people have the best style, the best parties, the best parades, easily the best flag. I mean, their flag looks like their parents bought them the jumbo crayon pack with all the colors. And then on top of that, they want marriage? Straight people are like, no! I know marriage is shit, but I wanna have one thing that you guys don't have. I envy you, I wanna wear those shorts. I, don't, I can't fit into that, I don't have the butt. But let's move on to outer space. It's where balloons live after you let go of them. Today, we're getting some really cool news from a very small rock. Tonight here, the first images after that history made in space. NASA pulling off an astonishing feat. For the first time ever, landing a spacecraft on a hurtling asteroid 200 million miles away. That asteroid going 60,000 miles an hour. But they stuck the landing, all to retrieve a sample. The spacecraft OSIRIS-REx landing on the asteroid Bennu. It had to carefully and precisely descend to a spot no larger than a couple of parking spots. And tonight, the first images coming in. NASA releasing video of OSIRIS-REx touching down and collecting those samples. The mission lasting all of six seconds. And if all goes well, it'll take about three years to bring those samples back. Wow. This is incredible, guys. NASA basically flew across the universe just to bitch slap an asteroid. And as much as I'm impressed by this, I'm also not gonna lie, I'm a little worried, guys. Because based on how 2020 has gone so far, touching that asteroid for six seconds probably knocked it on a course to slam into Earth. Biden won the election! Yeah! Shit! But now, scientists are also saying that it'll take three years to bring the samples back to Earth. Three years! Guys, let's be honest, by the time it gets delivered, the new scientists are gonna be like, did anyone order some space dust? Anyone? All right, I'm gonna throw this out. I don't know where this is from. And you know what's funny? Is that to us, this is a historic achievement, but I always wonder if to aliens, we're just shoplifting in the universe, right? We're just flying around shoplifting their shit the whole time. Like one day they're gonna come down to earth and be like, you stole my father's ashes. What? That was just some trash dust. You're saying my father was trash. No, 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 I'm not. Pew, 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 die. Moving on to China, AKA Earth's Chinatown, where they've come up with some very moving technology. A landmark in China needed to move for new construction, so it walked across town. That is the correct verb here. This historic building in Shanghai was fitted with robotic legs under its 7,600-ton frame, allowing it to walk over 200 feet to avoid demolition. State media said that a former primary school, it was built in 1935, and it's undergoing renovations to preserve its structure. Did you see that? That building just walked 
further than I've walked during this entire pandemic. And can I just say, what a great moment this is for the architect because it's always special to see your building take its first steps. I just feel bad for the guy who was using the bathroom while this was happening. Hey, someone's in here. I'm in here occupied. But guys, I'm actually a little concerned about this. Buildings shouldn't be moving around. All right, we need to know that a building is gonna stay in one spot. I don't wanna go all the way down to the DMV and then find out that it's on vacation in the Hamptons. Now, I don't know if this technology is great for random buildings, but we have to get this technology from China and bring it to black neighborhoods because walking buildings might be the only way to avoid gentrification. Oh no, they trying to turn this barbershop into a gluten-free bakery. Run, barbershop, save yourself, run! Moving on to some good news about the coronavirus, yeah? While the world's most accomplished scientists work day and night to find a cure, they may just have been beaten to it by a teenager. A 14-year-old from Texas winning $25,000 for her work on a potential treatment for coronavirus. Anika Shabrolu won the 2023M Young Scientist Challenge with a molecule that she discovered that stops the function of COVID-19 by binding to a certain protein in it. My research is actually just a drop in the ocean of research being done by numerous scientists and individuals across the country. But at this point, every research and every effort matters to help end the pandemic and control its aftermath. Okay, people, this is incredible. A 14-year-old may have just found the solution to COVID-19. 14. The only thing I discovered the solution to when I was 14 was how to get rid of my... Knowing teenagers though, she's only gonna be the second most popular kid in school right after the girl who snorted milk on TikTok. And I'm not gonna lie, if I won this award, none of my high school science teachers would be able to tell me shit. Trevor, do you know the answer to question number five? Uh, no sir, but you know what I do know the answer to? Coronavirus, bitch. And can I just say, if this girl did solve coronavirus, $25,000 is not nearly enough of a reward. Are you serious? Congratulations, you saved the human race. Go buy yourself a Honda Accord. And finally, the presidential race. Yes, even the presidential race has a ray of sunshine because yesterday, an old friend returned to the campaign trail for the first time. And man, he seemed to be really enjoying himself. Honk if you're fired up. Honk if you're ready to go. You know, I know uh, the president spent some time in Erie last night and uh, apparently he complained about having to travel here. And then he cut the event short, poor guy. Where, where is this great plan to replace Obamacare? They keep on promising, we're gonna have a great replacement. They said, it's coming. It's been coming in two weeks for the last 10 years. That's not normal presidential behavior. We, we wouldn't tolerate it in our own family, except for maybe crazy uncle somewhere, you know. Of the taxes Donald Trump pays, he may be sending more to foreign governments than he pays in the United States. Can you imagine if I had had a secret Chinese bank account? When I was running for re-election, they would have called me Beijing Barry. Man, it is so nice to see Obama back on the campaign trail. Although the drive-in rally is a little bit weird, I will say. I mean, I mean, with all the honking, it sounds like Obama just started giving a speech in the middle of the road. 
Sick burn, Mr. President, but I'm late for work. And you could tell Obama was having a great time up there, man. He was grilling Trump so hard, Barbecue Becky called the cops. Is it just me, though, or do all of Obama's roasts on Trump have just like a tiny hint of jealousy in them? So you got this guy who doesn't pay taxes. Uh, he says whatever he wants. Uh, nobody does anything. Just run around crazy. I, I know you could do that. Sounds kind of fun. All right, people, we gotta take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll kick off our epic countdown of Donald Trump's top 100 scandals. And then after that, Senator Elizabeth Warren is joining us on the show. Don't go away. Welcome back to The Daily Social Distancing Show. With President Trump's first term coming to an end, we're launching a special new segment to look back on everything that he's accomplished. So here's Roy Wood Jr. to begin our four-part countdown of Donald Trump's 100 most tremendous scandals. Scandals. Every president's had one. But while most presidents are only known for one big scandal, Donald Trump has truly changed the game. And that's why The Daily Show will be counting down Donald Trump's 100 most tremendous scandals. Over four days, we're gonna celebrate them all. The ones you forgot and the ones you wish you could. So buckle up, baby, cause the Trump train's about to go off the rails. President Trump expressed interest in buying Greenland. And he went out and bought a big yacht. And he had a very interesting life. I won't go any more than that because you're Boy Scouts, so I'm not going to tell you what he did. The price tag for President Trump's July 4th salute to America is more than $5.3 million. Members at Mar-a-Lago are influencing how President Trump runs the Department of Veterans Affairs. I gave him the kind of funeral that he wanted. I didn't get thank you. That's okay. He's looking down. He'd be something. Maybe he's looking up. I don't know. Appearing to push aside the Prime Minister of Montenegro to get in front for a photo op. Banning residents from enrolling in trusted traveler programs. And ripping up memos, letters, things he's finished reading or does not like. Threatened to bomb sites of cultural significance. An action that could be a war crime. Someone as despicable as Hitler didn't even sink to the to using chemical weapons. Scaramucci said, I'm not Steve Bannon. I'm not trying to suck my own. China awarded seven new trademarks to Ivanka Trump's company. It will not it's visitor logs. You want to include the Congressional Black Caucus and the Congressional... Well, Hispanic I would. Caucus. I tell you what, do you want to well set up the meeting? Do you want to set up the meeting? Frederick Doug Douglass is an example of somebody who's done an amazing job and is being recognized more and more. You will be receiving the Presidential Medal of Freedom. When you wash your hands, it takes you five times longer. You know, the water's not coming. You get soap, you can't get it up. I won't talk about the fact that people have to flush their toilet 15 times. Greta must work on her anger management problem. Chill, Greta, chill. I think there's probably, uh, possibly drugs involved. I love this guy right here. Blasted the FBI over the Florida school shooting. They are spending too much time trying to prove Russian collusion. Reducing the number of mail sorting machines and removing collection boxes. You know, who gives a f about the good Christmas stuff and decoration, but I need to do it, right? <sighs> Damn, that's exhausting. And that brings us to tonight's final scandal, coming in at number 76. It involves the Secret Service, Saudi sheiks, and a hotel that gets a one-star Yelp review from the U.S. Constitution. 
Before Donald Trump was in the Oval Office, he was in business, every business. Gentlemen, Oreo has rejected my bid, so we lick race for it, right here with Double Stuff Gold. That's right. Our president likes his Oreos the way he likes his pants, Double Stuff. So when Trump ran for president, it's no surprise that he saw dollar signs. During his campaign, candidate Trump paid businessman Trump nearly $12.5 million for expenses like airfare, office space, and meals. They even dropped two grand on Trump ice, the only bottled water that's 100% Angus beef. The grip was going great until the unthinkable happened. Donald J. Trump will become the 45th president of the United States. Which was a problem because the president's job is to protect and defend the Constitution or whatever, not to get rich. So Donald Trump selflessly promised the nation that he would give it all up. My two sons are going to be running the company. They're not gonna discuss it with me. That's right. Trump would part with his precious businesses and his only consolation, not having to talk to his sons. But much like those folders, Trump's promise proved to be empty. The president-elect has decided he will not sell his assets or place them in a blind trust. That's where things get conflicts of interesting. As president, he's been steering government money to his own companies for the entire time. And that means then to his own pockets. He spends nearly every weekend, as you know, at one of his golf clubs. Secret Service, they don't stay for free. He charges them to stay there. Federal spending records show the taxpayers have paid Trump's businesses more than $900,000 just since he took office. Getting paid for vacations? This dude's a damn Instagram model. According to Eric Trump, who is officially running the family business while daddy focuses on the good of the country, the Trump organization only charges the Secret Service. You know, we charge them like, you know, 50 bucks. Like $50 a night for a hotel room. But according to the receipts, the real bill is more than $650, which means they're either being way overcharged or there's one Secret Service agent who absolutely loves Toblerone. But upcharging suckers who have to stay at his property is one thing. The big bucks are in visitors who choose to stay there. Because you never know when lining the president's pockets might be the thing to get him to rewrite federal policy in your favor. We know that foreign governments are spending money there in order to curry favor with the president of the United States. The Philippines, Kuwait, the government of Saudi Arabia through its lobbyists paid for 500 nights in rooms. And we've seen corporate clients do it too. T-Mobile, which needs approval for a big merger from the Trump administration, they've spent more than $195,000 on rooms there. Yes, foreign governments and corporations are greasing the Trump's palms. And from the looks of it, greasing their hair and faces too. Of course, Trump isn't the only one winning here. The president's financial entanglements with foreign governments have given Americans something better than money. The opportunity to learn what the emoluments clause is. Emolument is basically a payment. Yes, according to so-called lawyers familiar with the so-called Constitution, receiving money or gifts from foreign governments is illegal. But on the other hand... You people with this phony emoluments clause... Can't argue with that. And even if Trump loses in November, he will still be the first president to literally rake in billions of dollars while serving in office. Never before has a living president earned this many dead presidents. I'm really rich. You certainly are now. And if the national economy is lying in ruins at his feet, at least Donald Trump finally found a business he could be successful at. If you're smart and persevere, 
there's a good chance you'll come out on top. Cashing in on the presidency. I'm surprised Trump didn't just go all out. Why not just turn the Situation Room into an Airbnb? But that's all the time we have for tonight. Join us next time as we explore the world of masculine toilets, racist alligators, and alternative facts as we continue to count down Donald Trump's 100 most tremendous scandals. All right, we have to take a quick break, but don't go away because when we come back, Desi Lydic gets to the bottom of Fox News getting to the bottom of Hunter Biden. You don't want to miss it. Welcome back to The Daily Social Distancing Show. For two weeks now, conservative media has been in a frenzy over a supposed scandal involving Hunter Biden. And since the mainstream media isn't covering this story, we made Desi Lydic watch Fox News for 48 hours straight so she could try and tell us what it's all about. So basically, Rudy Giuliani obtained Hunter Biden's laptop, and the contents are so explosive, I threw my phone into oncoming traffic. Get this, Hunter Biden is communicating with known criminals from his email address, corruptiondurateukrainianmoney.scam. And he's hitting up all the big-time oligarchs, Vladimir Putin, Jonathan Burisma, Anthony Falchikov, Liza Minnelli. He's making deals, despite not even graduating from the third grade. Here's what we know. In 2015, Hunter Biden, aka Hunter Pelosi bin Laden, made $15 trillion by investing in a Chinese Planned Parenthood. One year later, Hunter makes an additional $19 billion from a Russian satellite dish. He's living on a yacht under the name Don Mexico and he hooks up with Mayor McCheese of Moscow. Starts a hedge fund with, you guessed it, Hillary Hussein Clinton. Check the Hungarian bank account. Check Robert Mueller's secret TikTok account. Check that receipt for cheese poppers from the Applebee's at Kiev Airport. All this evidence, and yet I'm the one getting my house repossessed? That's the real malarkey. And by the way, did you know that malarkey is Mandarin for I will ban fracking? Let's take a step back for a second. You don't think it's fishy that Hunter Biden is sending texts to his dad? My kids haven't returned my texts in years. Mommy loves you. She just wants to warn you about Adam Schiff's pedophile ring slash casual burrito restaurant. You're not fooling anyone, Kamala. La la. La. Thank you so much again for that, Desi. Please try and get some sleep and erase your mind. All right, when we come back, Senator Elizabeth Warren is joining us and she's gonna tell us how to fix America. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. So earlier today, I spoke with Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts. We talked about what the fight over the Supreme Court means, the new antitrust suit against Google, and so much that America needs to hear. Check it out. Oh, Bailey has joined us too. Oh, fantastic. There we go, for testing. Senator Elizabeth Warren and Bailey, who's just off camera over there, Welcome to The Daily Social Distancing Show. Thank you, it's good to be here. Um, Let's jump into the biggest news right now in this moment, the hottest political issue, the Supreme Court. The Senate are going to be hosting, uh, holding their their, their confirmations. Um, They're gonna be voting for Judge Amy Coney Barrett. Obviously, this has been a huge, huge fight right now in America because the Republicans have basically broken the rule that they invented when Merrick Garland was up for, for, for his nomination or even being considered. Where do things stand right now? And is this basically a lost cause and now people need to look at the election to, to, to fix the mistake that has happened here? So look, we always start with what is at stake here? Uh, why are the Republicans breaking their own rules? Uh, and the answer is because they wanna get rid of healthcare for tens of millions of Americans. They tried to do that by votes in Congress and they lost mm-hmm. by a single vote. So now they've come back. There will be a case the week after uh, the election. 
that means that the Affordable Care Act could be tossed out. Tens of millions of people could lose their health care. Tens of millions of people with pre-existing conditions lose their protection. And the Republicans are determined to do that, notwithstanding the fact that most American people don't want them to. Their chance to do that is this Supreme Court nominee. So here we are. Think about this. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Month eight. No plan. 220,000 Americans who have already died, followed by an economic crisis, followed by a racial reckoning that is upon us. And what do the Republicans say we have to do? We have to spend time, they have to spend time trying to steal a Supreme Court seat. It, it, it really has gotten a lot of people riled up because they feel like this is a last-ditch attempt by the Republicans to maintain their hold on a court that could decide people's lives for 50 years to come. It's even more than that. It's a court that could decide much about their lives. And it's an extremist minority opinion. Most Americans want us to keep health care. Three out of four Americans want us to keep the rule of Roe versus Wade. Americans want us to attack environmental disasters and protect unions. And Amy Coney Barrett has already said, no, 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 no. So it's a way for a diminishing minority to direct this nation in their extremist uh, ideology. And I just, it's just wrong. And that's why people are so upset about it. What do you think the path is for the Democrats then? Do they have to relook to the, the Supreme Court? What, 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 what do you think the Democrats need to be doing post the election? Should Biden win and should the Democrats win the Senate? I've already said it. I think everything should be on the table, period. Hmm. Let's, um, let's talk about what should be done post the election. You've been somebody who's been very progressive from the beginning. You, you fought against the big banks. You fought against, you know, micro lenders. You fought against all of these, these institutions that have held so many American families back and crippled them in debt. There's no denying that their money is everywhere though, you know? Um, are you ready to fight with the Democratic Party post the election to say, hey, we need to get the money out of our side as well, even though people may see that as being detrimental to the cause? I believe in holding everyone accountable. You know, it, let's get to November 3rd. That's absolutely critical. We need to take the White House and golly, right behind that, we have got to be able to flip the Senate. We must flip the Senate. And we should expand our majority in the House. I want Democrats to win up and down the ticket. I want us to spend one day celebrating after that <laughs> happens, right? Big party, you ready? And then right back to work, right back to getting in this fight for the things we care about, in this fight for hardworking families, in this fight for people who are getting crushed by student loan debt, in this fight to save our planet. Those are the things we've got to be back in, hold all of our elected officials accountable. Let's talk a little bit about that fight. There are many young Democrats who are voters who say, I'm gonna vote for this party, but one thing I don't want is a return to normal, the status quo, because the status quo wasn't working. Joe Biden has in many ways positioned himself as the back to normal candidate. Now, many have said, look, we have no qualms with you being back to normal because Trump has taken us to the ends of the earth, but there is going to be a certain discussion about how the Democrats handle themselves going forward. Do you look for Republican approval, even if you have the House and the Senate? Do you look to win over the Republicans the same way Obama did and was criticized for when he had the power that he had? 
or the Democrats going to be like, no, we, we've got to get things done and this is how it's going to be? Look, the American people are hurting. People are dying from this virus. People were suffering without medical care before it ever came along. People are getting crushed by debt. Homeownership rates are way down. The black-white wealth gap has gotten completely out of control. So look, we need to speak to the moment. And that means we need to deliver for the American people. I'm not about Republicans and Democrats. I'm not about those politics. I'm about delivering for the people who need us. And that's true all across this country. It's true how, how do you in think housing and health care. Yeah. How do you think that changes on the ground? Because you are such a policy wonk. That's one thing I've always admired about you is like, when you look at one issue, you go like, how do we start fixing the wealth gap? Where do you think we actually make a change? How? So here's the best part. When this stuff comes to on the ground, childcare, for example, or student loan debt, you know the thing is, Stuff is really popular. Our problem is, has not been with Mitch McConnell in the Senate that we couldn't round up enough votes for it. It's that we couldn't get a vote at all. Mitch McConnell keeps it completely off the floor of the Senate. So no Republican has to take a vote on that. Um, reworking corporate responsibility in America. So they have a responsibility to their communities, a responsibility to their employees, not just a responsibility to make more money. We can't get a vote on that so long as Mitch McConnell and the Republicans are in charge. So I think a big difference is going to be you get Democrats in and we can vote. And then the second part, we got to get rid of the filibuster. If wow. Mitch McConnell comes in and again, tries to exercise a veto over everything we want to do the way he did that to President Obama and blocked one good plan after another, then it's time for us to say, no, that's not what the Constitution says and it's not what the American people say. Mitch McConnell is not going to get a veto in the next Senate. Let's talk about what the DOJ is currently doing. Elizabeth Warren, for a very long time, was seen as the face and the voice saying, we have to regulate big tech. For too long, they've been allowed to do whatever they want, and the laws haven't been keeping up with how quickly they grow. The DOJ has now stepped up and said that they're going to be going up against Google, and it looks like there may be some more suits coming uh, if they're still around against Apple, etc. But Google seems to be the first shot that has been fired. Do you think that this is a step in the right direction? Look, uh... Our current attorney general does things for politics. I get that. But I do think it is important that we break up these big tech companies. And, and my complaint right now about what, they've, uh, what the Department of Justice has done is their lawsuit is way too narrow. They're only looking at one slice of Google's activities. We need to be looking at all the parts of what Google is doing, where it behaves like a monopolist, and where it engages in predatory practices that wipe out the competition. And it's not just Google. It is important to look at what's happening with Amazon and, and Facebook, right? And the reason I say this is markets can produce an enormous amount of value, but for them to work, there has to be competition. And so these, these giants grow up that completely dominate the market. Uh, AT&T a long time ago broke it up. And then there was lots of innovation. Microsoft, right, 
brought pressure on Microsoft, didn't actually break it up at the time, but created enough space that the next set of tech could arise. That's what we have to do because we live in a world right now where these tech giants are stifling competition and we will pay a price for that as consumers. So we got to put a stop to this. It seems like you're fired up. You've been on the campaign trail. You're stumping for Joe Biden. Um, your message hasn't changed. If there is, and I know this sounds crazy, but if there is that undecided voter who's out there, I, I know there's like seven of them. I don't know who they are. But if there is that one person who says, Elizabeth Warren, I don't know what the difference is. I don't know whether it makes a difference voting for Donald Trump or not. I don't see the difference in my life. What would you say to that person to win their vote? Why is a vote for the Democrats the correct vote and not for Donald Trump? You know, probably the biggest difference is healthcare. Donald Trump and the Republicans have tried from the first day he was in to take away healthcare from tens of millions of Americans. I'll add to that, climate change. Donald Trump and the Republicans have taken a crisis and not only not attacked it, not, not done better in climate, they've actually made it worse. Withdraw from the Paris Climate Accords, put a coal lobbyist in charge of the Environmental Protection Agency, permit offshore drilling, permit drilling in the Arctic National Wildlife Reserve, making it worse, and democracy. Donald Trump has said, hey, if the election doesn't turn out the way he hopes, He's not even committed that he will leave. I mean, just the notion of peaceful transfer of power, it's, it's right at the heart. We pay attention to our elections. That is Donald Trump. That's who he is, and that's who every Republican in the Senate is because they have enabled that man. Every Republican in the House, they have enabled that man. So that's who they are and what their party is. The Democrats, we're in a very different place. We believe that healthcare is a basic human right. We see the crisis on climate and we realize we are running out of time and that we must, we must attack the climate crisis head on. And on democracy, we fundamentally believe if every American citizen can vote then and get that vote counted, then that's how we build a stronger nation. That's how we build a future together. That's the difference between Trump and Biden. It's also right now the difference between Republicans and Democrats. So I'm not only undecided voter, I want your vote for Biden. I also want your vote for Democrats up and down the ticket. I know you have a very busy schedule. I know the Senate is very busy right now, so I'm gonna let you go, but thank you so much for taking the time and hopefully we'll get to catch up after the election and see how things are coming along. Let's do it. Well, that's our show for tonight, but before we go, I wanted to remind you that we are partnering up with World Central Kitchen for their new Chefs for the Polls program. What they're doing is activating local food trucks, restaurants, and caterers that are owned and operated primarily by people of color. And they're doing this to serve food to people in voting lines, especially in underserved communities where the lines are historically longer. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, wear a mask, and remember, if an asteroid asks you if you've seen its rocks, you ain't seen shit. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. 
This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 